Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're looking closely. Or maybe we're the man in the box. So don't forget your hat. And they're all your hat. Because today we're bringing you... The Prestige. The Prestige was released on October 20th, 2006, 4,672 days ago. Those have been some of the best 4,672 days of my life. On a $40 million budget, making just $109.7 million worldwide opening weekend, which I think is perhaps the wrong number or maybe the correct number. I have no idea. Not opening weekend. Not opening weekend. That's what. $109.7 million ever. Ever. Uh, w- which is pretty low for a show we'd review, but that's okay. I got a 76% critic rating and a 92% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 66 on Metacritic. Ethan, why do did you, have... you just hold on? Why what? did you just read that? Like you were reading the list of prizes. Someone just won on Legend of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> and it got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're going with your family to Universal Studios Orlando. Did they go to Universal Studios or did they come to the Nick Studios? Nick, that was Nick at Tune Universal. Studios. That was at Universal. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. And today you get to face off with the Agro Crag. This is so thematic to the prestige. Nickelodeon's guts. <laughs> I remember they had an after-school show about getting slimed. That was the best shiz ever. Dude, they, if you have like DirecTV or whatever, you you can get uh, Nick Gas, which is games and sports, and it just plays like the Nickelodeon game shows all day long. Uh, let me tell you, they're probably bad. No, they're great. They all suck <laughs> so hard, but it's it's like it's the kind of nostalgia that doesn't hurt my soul. Oh man, because those shows still like. I mean, they would still be funny today. Like, if you if you had some kids climb the aggro crag here today in 2019, I mean, they'd be doing the Fortnite dance when they got to the top. But other than that, it's no different. <laughs> it's just absolutely Fortnite. timeless. Have you seen uh, Holy Moly? No, I don't know what that is. It is extreme mini golf commentated by Rob Riggle. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the night after we finish this recording. Yeah, it is like a real show. It's awful. That's the other thing is <laughs> Guts would be commentated by Rob Riggle. <laughs> They'd be like Rob Riggle and Jack Black. Guts. Guts. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about The Prestige, one of our collective favorite movies ever. Favorite not movies ever. Nickelodeon Guts. This is a fun fact about The Prestige. Uh, when I was in college, I was required to review my favorite film for my uh, film and philosophy course, and I chose The Prestige. And it is very hard to review this film spoiler free. It is very hard to review this film spoiler free. Yeah, we're not so going to. Here's, we're not going to. No, this is a spoiler full podcast, and this is a movie that absolutely 1,000% can be spoiled. So if you haven't seen it, go hop onto your HBO Go account and watch it right now. Or just put this episode down for like a year. It'll show back up on Netflix, I promise. Maybe, maybe. Or, since you're still paying for HBO Go, even though Game of Thrones ended, let's put it to good use. You should watch The Prestige, and then you should watch Barry. Ethan likes Barry. I do. It's I one of the funniest things I've ever like seen. I Barry. It looks really good. Anyway, I've got a negative review from Joshua Rothkopf of Time Out, who says, The who's bilking whom mind games make for compelling fun, but once the presto moment of The Prestige is revealed, you're left with nothing but shattered illusions. Ethan, he just didn't get it. 
He just didn't get, or he did get it, and he's mad that he got it. Or yeah, he he left the movie and he was like, "Oh, the thing where it's kind of disappointing because now you know that was intentional." And yeah, I turns don't like out it. Magic's <laughs> not real. Well, but that's the, the 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 fun of the movie, right? Is that the trick is more valuable than the magic. Yeah, the, and that's true sure in real, real life. Like, you don't want to know how a magic trick's done. Everybody's like, goes, show me how the magic trick works. You don't want to know how the magic trick works. It's way more fun if you don't know how the magic trick works. Oh, yeah. I, I tell you, being a, a man of sound mind, body, and spirit who thinks of himself as rather intelligent, nothing is more infuriating to me than magic tricks because I enjoy them so much. Oh, they're great. Like, a good magic trick that totally, totally gets me on America's Got Talent and then a singer wins. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is, I know how to sing. Maybe not as well as that person, but I know how it's done. Yeah, I know how they learned how to sing. Yeah. Tall vowels. They practiced a lot. Right. <laughs> but you can't tell me, you can't tell me tall vowels and then I make the eights of hearts appear. Right. <laughs> Although if you were a singing magician, now we might be on to something. Now we might be on it. That's how you win America's Got Talent in 2019. You'd be a singing magician acrobat who realistically by the time the final comes around is just playing acoustic guitar on stage without any of the acrobatics or or magic yep (laughs) so i have a positive review and i'm reading roger ebert's review because it's so rare we get to be blessed by one of ebert's reviews on this show september 7th 2007 roger ebert says it's quite a movie atmospheric obsessive Almost satanic. Sorry, read that again. I, you broke up a little bit. It's quite a movie. Atmospheric, obsessive, almost satanic. Well, that's a thing. Kind of like Draco Malfoy preview of this Sunday's episode. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> How do we even start talking about this movie? Here's the thing. The first time I saw it, I still didn't get it. I, I, I get something new about it every time. I pick up a new detail every single time. Yeah. Every single time. We're just, okay, so like we said, we're going to spoil the heck out of this thing, go watch it or whatever. Yeah, I see something new every time, like when the little kid is watching Borden's show, like like halfway through, and Borden does the thing with the pigeon, and or the dove, and the kid thinks, he's like, oh, he killed the dove, and he's like, where's the dove's brother? And I was like, that's foreshadowing I haven't caught. Out of the other 4,000 instances of foreshadowing in this movie that I haven't caught yet. Oh, yeah, every time. The, the double... All together, like literally the first time I watched it, I was like, I know that it shows it on screen, but I I saw the midnight premiere of this movie with the cross country team when I was younger than them. So I needed to be cool, right? And I just missed the board and reveal entirely. That he was two people? Or he, yeah. yeah. They'd be two people the whole time that Fallon was actually Borden? Yeah. Well, and like the way that, that Nolan does it so well that like Fallon is never on screen. Yeah. But the ongea of Michael Caine is on screen all the time. Well, I mean, it's Michael Caine. Oh, I know. They got their dollars worth. Yeah, they really did. Why doesn't Cu- why doesn't Cutter have a last name? He's just Cutter. Cutter is his last name, you would imagine. It's no one's first name. Prior to this movie, Ethan, what was your opinion on- You cannot on- sit like- uh, Tyler, this is a very directional microphone. You cannot sit like <laughs> this. <laughs> Prior to this film, what was your opinion on illusionist magic? I've always loved magic, like always, especially uh, especially card magic, but all forms of magic always fascinated me. Um, but are you asking my film, my feelings on on magic or on the film The Illusionist, the subpar magic movie that came out in two thousand six? 
not the illusionist. I'm not asking about that because I haven't seen it because a lot of people were like, oh, it's like it's like the prestige, but better. And I just don't believe you. And I don't want to get my hopes up and then shattered. It's like the prestige, but a lot more normal. I don't want more normal. Yeah, no, it's not I as want... good. It's not in any way as good, but it's just like a standard movie about magic. Uh, no, I want this cool steampunk thing where David Bowie plays Tesla. That's what I want. R.I.P. in peace. I know, right? Gone, but not forgotten. Too soon. What? What was that one song? The Tunnel Song. Oh, Heroes. Heroes. That's Bowie, right? Yeah. Still, uh, I, you can go back to my thoughts on on uh, our episode on Perks of Being a Wildflower. Wildflower. Oh, that is just Wallflower. not that unusual? Wallflower. Wallflower. I keep saying Wildflower. But uh, that's a bad tunnel song. <coughs> Do you have a tunnel song? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about it in that episode. Not the point here. Okay. Just listen. I always got to make sure you, you're updating your tunnel song playlist. I, I think you might need to go and rewatch that movie, bruv. I don't think the point was to update the tunnel song. <laughs> I think it was to find the tunnel song. Yeah. They didn't have Shazam. They didn't have like, hey, Googs, what is this track? You know who didn't either? Nikola Tesla. <laughs> Nikola Tesla. So this came out, was it before or after this that the world was like, Fortnite? Got us in Tesla's the real G. I think this was the reason. You think so? I think this was the catalyst. That people were like, Edison sucks, donkey. Yeah, I and Tesla I think this was, was played the by for Bowie. That. There was a really long infographic. It was like a thousand pages long about why Tesla was the best thing since like alternating currents. And Edison was basically just a direct current piece of piece of garbo yeah just a inventing the light bulb another Fortnite. when they did the thing with the field of the light bulbs and andy circus is like check out what i can do with light bulbs <laughs> is that real can you do that i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> is that your andy circus depression <laughs> yeah it is that is pretty good <laughs> Hey, uh, Ed Gia, hey, check yeah. what I can do with light bulbs. Check out what I can do with light bulbs. I'm Emperor Snoke. I'm Sorry, Supreme Sneedle. Leader Snoke. Whatever. He, he died too soon, that old Snoke bastard. Wow. Spoilers. <laughs> if you listen to Bacon and Eggs, you have 1000% seen The Last Jedi. <laughs> I already know there's a tweet coming at me like, actually, Tyler, actually. Actually. Also, just while we're on the topic of me being corrected, there was recently a YouTube comment that told me that 42 was not a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide, but was rather the 42nd spider that bit Miles Morales, or that, that the company created to bite Miles Morales. And Ethan, I want to let you know that in the original comics for Miles Morales, when do you think those were released? Um, 2011. Would, yeah, Good I was going to say, I would imagine after the world became obsessed with the number 42. In 1979? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's even yeah. after the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, it is, Ethan. Very astute observation. Yeah. You don't think comic book writers, you comic don't think book they're people, Hitchhiker's right? am I, Guide Am I right? Fan? Comic book people. <laughs> they're not Hitchhiker's Guide fans, do you think? Well, no, it's just comic book people. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. Live your truth. Live your truth. Thank you very much. Uh, use promo code BACON to get your Mont Monat hair shampoo for $4. What? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were doing an MLM pitch kind of thing. Oh, is that what that is? I don't know. What is live your truth? That's just a thing people say these days. Oh. You know who was living his lie? Alfred, Alfred Borden. Alfred Borden. Alfred Borden. My God. <laughs> like, what? You know, it, it, it's it, at this point I didn't know because I think this is probably the first of his movies I'd ever seen. But the the Christopher Nolan twist is alive and well in this movie. Yeah, it twists like five times. 
I finished it today. I don't know who the villain is. There isn't one. I'm cheering for both of them to win. Actually, what? I'm no, cheering you're, you're for, cheering for both Christian of them to lose. Bale. They're both trash fire humans. Right. But I'm cheering for Christian Bale. I'm cheering for uh, Hugh Jackman. No, I'm cheering for Christian Bale because of the total dedication to the art. Christian Bale doesn't care about the audience reaction. He wants the perfect trick because it's perfect. Right, but who cares? Right. Hugh Jackman, on the other hand, is like- If the perfect trick is bad, who cares? It doesn't matter if it's bad. You created the perfect trick. But it's not about the trick. It's about the showmanship. It's about the illusion. And this is why Edison won the space race. The space for light bulbs. There you go. (laughs) The space race. This is why Thomas Edison <laughs> went to space. If we could send David Bowie's corpse to space, do you think we would? I mean, I know we can, but should we? <laughs> I was going to say, I think we have the technology to <laughs> launch David Bowie's corpse into space. <laughs> would that be respectful or disrespectful? That's what I want to know. Um, I mean, that's the real question is, what, what was David Bowie like as a person? Like, how much of... of Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars. How how much of that truth was he living? I think he lived the act. But but like, do you think David Bowie would want to be shot into space, or was he just like, I can write songs about space? This is an <laughs> uncapitalized market. I don't know. It, like, if we found fifty years after the fact a diary from David Bowie that said, "Obviously, ship my corpse to space." Are you required to honor that? Yeah, I think you I think you rocket is Fortnite. Corpse off this planet. I think that I think Can that you- living living on in the namesake of his clear hero, I think Elon Musk would absolutely just launch David Bowie's corpse into the Fortnite galaxy. I think he would take it upon himself. <laughs> like in a Tesla? Yeah, he would he would attach a Tesla Roadster to the front of a of a Falcon Heavy <laughs> rocket. <laughs> With David Bowie's body. <laughs> With David Bowie's exhumed corpse. <laughs> All respect to David Bowie and fam, of course. Oh, for sure. David Bowie, just a true visionary. Uh, a true great, American hero. A true, yeah, maybe? G.I. Joe himself. Don't Birthplace think he's a, I, mm, Is David Bowie American? No, he's from London. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, you said true American hero, and I started questioning myself. Yeah, G.I. William. Yeah, London. Can you London. imagine? Was there ever been a Prince Joe? Uh... Probably not. Spiders from Mars. But yeah. Um. Anyway, David Bowie, phenomenal in this movie as Nikola Tesla for the short amount of time that he's on screen. Just totally sells you on, on the mystery. Because he makes real magic. That's the coolest thing about this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, he like... He created a Robert Angier clone, and Robert Angier did it a hundred times. Yeah. He killed himself every day for a hundred days. He's, Borden's like, you didn't make sacrifices. He's like, (laughs) I made sacrifices. You didn't even know what kind of sacrifices I'd make, Alfred. <laughs> that was the, he drove himself so mad that he that he had to go and do the Well that's the thing is it was so simple. It's his Fortnite brother. Right. The whole time. The whole time. There's no magic to it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's his brother. It's just dedication. It's method acting. That's it. And here we learn a lot about Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. And I'll tell you what, it made straight up no sense. No sense that they each had to like spend time with the wife that one of them didn't like. It makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't. The other one could just hang out. He doesn't have to go Fortnite. That person's wife. Yes, he does. That's the thing. It's total dedication to the art. Right. It's insanity. It is insanity. Both of their parts. It is perfecting. The trick. No right. one can know. Right. No one can know. And they know. both get to be the man in the box, and they both get to be the man outside the box. 
They both get to bow. Yeah. Which is what's important because that's Angier's undoing. Is that he can't bow. I'll tell you, the first time I saw this, I thought Angier's double was someone else. It's not. It's absolutely Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's best acting, like the only time in this movie where I'm like, where I don't think, oh, that's Hugh Jackman, is when he's playing a drunk. All the other times, it's like, yep, that is Hugh Jackman playing a character, and I like it, but it's Hugh Jackman. I mean, I'll really tell you what, uh, Christian Bale sort of got the shit into the stick on this whole, um, I'm gonna be in Christopher Nolan movies, because this is the first of, like, two hellish prisons he gets locked in. Yes. By Christopher Nolan. Granted, this is much less worse than the thing that I do not believe exists. Just the giant hole in the ground? The giant pit in the ground. Pit prison. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. It might I'll be. Send- if you, Hey, li- listener, if you live in a pit prison, <laughs> let no us offense. know. <laughs> Tweet at me. Yeah, at me on Twitter. Tell me about your pit prison. So what? Why? Why is this movie special to you? I think this was the first like film Twitter quality movie that I saw ever. Okay, like I'd seen Titanic and things like that, but this was like a world creating, mind bending sort of like avant garde film, like certified film. And uh, this is like I know transfer. We talk about Transformers a lot as like the sort of catalyst for uh, falling in love with blockbusters and the movie theater experience and all of that. But this was like the other side of that coin. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's also wild to me that this is pre-Transformers. I know. (laughs) I was 13 years old watching this movie. Yeah, I was young. I didn't get it. I I didn't like this movie at first. I did. I had to see it because I saw it in theaters twice. I had to see it a second time to really like firmly grasp it it's perfect there are no errors i can hear people disagreeing with you already i can hear the sound Bing. you're wrong tyler there's a major error magic's not real <laughs> magic is not real turns out <laughs> they even got a real magician in this movie to like royally fortnite cup huh the the guy that uh the guy that the milton what milton wilton whatever his name is the first magician that he and borden that Andrew and borden birth work for yeah that guy is Ricky Jay. He's one of the world's most accomplished magicians. And he messes up? Well, yeah. He 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 allows Borden to, like, get away with destroying his act. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Like, that ruined his career. They Also, I could, I could hear the tweets coming in that you wouldn't drown that fast. Like, you could probably go 60 seconds and be You've never high. drowned, tweeter. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get that you it happens know. 101 times in this film. But... Yeah. <laughs> Seems like an awful quick way to go. Yeah, it's just, this is the world's worst game of chicken. It's like they're just both, for their entire lives, just both trying to get back at each other for some thing. Do you think the fishbowl thing, do you think he really carried it between his legs the whole time, or do you think Borden convinces Angier that's how he does it? Don't know. Don't really think it matters. I just figured if it was a trapdoor thing, then. No, I think that that Borden convinces, whether it is or not, Borden convinces Angier that it's that simple, because for him it is that simple. Right. It's like, okay, if you were to dedicate your life to this trick, how would you do it? Right. So he lets the whole world see him as this frail guy because he needs to be able to carry around the fishbowl without looking suspicious. Right. Gosh, that was a cool trick. The fishbowl thing? Yeah. Well, you know you know what they did in the movie? They cut. <laughs> and then they put a fishbowl there. <laughs> you that's think? The, that's the thing about this movie is that like, it's good enough that it suckers you into like believing that they're actually pulling these illusions off when they're not. The like, there aren't thing- two Christian Bales. There's one right. There's one Christian Bale. I guess the, uh, the thing I was going to say is like, well, he catches is the ball and that must have been challenging to film but almost definitely there just wasn't a ball or somebody else threw it right it's just two shots right 
I mean, they uh, made Birdman look like it was one take. Yeah, that was a cool movie. Yeah, but like it wasn't one take. That would be impossible. Can you imagine? This? Can you imagine getting at, into our one hour and forty five minutes into the take and somebody messes up? I think that's what makes like stage shows so so impressive. Yeah, people mess up all the time though. Yeah, that's like part of it. I'm not getting into another debate with you on this podcast about what makes a stage show impressive. What makes a stage show impressive, Ethan? It's just not the same as movies. I'm not saying it's the same as yeah, movies. You tried to. You tried to. Just now? Still mad. Why is anyway. Scarlett Johansson so big on the poster? I guess she is like a big part of the movie. But when I think about this movie, I don't think about Scarlett Johansson. No, I forget she's in it every time. Yeah, and then she shows up on screen and I'm like, oh my gosh. Because she's the third girl to be introduced. Yeah. How do you think she, she swung that situation? I don't know. Was she anybody back then? Don't know. She was in this. She was a pretty big part of the, uh, I mean, in 1997, she was in Fall, which got a 0%. She was the girl in Lost in Translation. I forgot about that. Her it's first- good, m- It's a good movie. She was the horse whisperer, or she was in it as Grace McLean. <laughs> she was the horse whisperer. Grace McLean. McLean. I seriously doubt it's McLean. I don't know. That's how it's spelled. Yeah, she's not the horse whisperer. No, you think it's Robert Redford? She's the fifth build person. Oh, she's third on this one. On what one? On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, on IMDb, she's fifth. When Robert Redford, Kristen Scott Thomas, Sam Neill, and Diane West. Weast. Third third build woman again. She was in a few good movies. The Man Who Wasn't There, Lost in Translation, uh, Girl with a Pearl Earring. She was the girl with a pearl earring, I guess, right? I refuse, 100% refuse to believe you've seen Lost in Translation. Why? Because I just, I, you haven't. There's no way. Well, Bill Murray. You didn't know that. Like, you did not know that. You're right. I, I keep thinking about, I'll, every time somebody talks about this movie, I think of You Got Mail, which I feel like is, is a- That's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And I know it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I don't, uh, uh, it's just the connection that I make. Lost of Translation is a very good movie. Okay. I would watch, watch it. it. It's a little creepy. I, it's a little creepy. A little weird. Bill Murray's a lot older than Bill Scar Murray's Joe. a lot older than her. Yeah. Yeah. He was born in like- That's the main thing. It's like Bill Murray's a lot older than her. They're in Japan- Necessarily like the white people in Japan thing. Is she playing a white person? Oh my god! <laughs> He's got thirty-four years on her. That's a while. That's. I mean, that's. Mm, is that less than? That would be like if Michael somebody born Douglas. Googling Michael Douglas, September nineteen forty-four. Catherine Zeta Jones. 69. So that's twenty. That's twenty-five years. Yes, this is way more. Yeah, that's way more. Anyway, the Prestige, El Prestigio. Prestige. See, I think this was the first movie that I saw, like, in theaters in my own generation that, like, checked the same boxes as, like, the Hitchcock movies I'd watched. I think this is the first movie I saw in theaters that made under $100 million, or made made over $100 million, but, like, under $200 million. Well, that's not true, because I'd seen the Pokemon movie. You'd also seen The Emperor's New Groove. How much did that do? I don't think I saw it in theaters. Really? Yeah. I'm almost certain you talked about seeing it in theaters on the episode. I don't think I did. I do know Pokemon the first, first movie made more money than this. So did Emperor's New Groove. $169 million. Oh, Pokemon beat that too. Dang, that's sad. Well, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. Do you remember when we saw that movie as adults just a few weeks ago? That was months ago. Just a few months ago. When did Detective Pikachu come out? May, I think. Okay, whatever. That's weeks. Yeah, everything is weeks. You can boil all of human history down to weeks if you really want to. What I'm trying to say is, Ethan, Pokemon the first movie was awful. Yes. You know what movie's not awful? The Prestige. The Prestige. The Prestige. 
It's like that episode we did on Kingsman. I have, I just have no idea what to say about this movie. Let me ask you a question, Ethan. Compared to the other dorm room posters. This is not a dorm room poster movie, buddy. I know it's not, but it checks that box for me. I would have put this on my poster in my dorm room. Uh, so I don't even know if I can other... tell you what the poster looks like, tell you the truth. It's got a... Uh... It's like neutral, like blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Hugh Jackman looking to the left, Christian Bale looking to the right, and a veil, but that veil is Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson's face. And her butt. Her butt? Yeah. I don't see her butt on here. Really? You oh, see a butt You're on looking here? at a different poster. I see the poster you're looking at now. This is the one I'm more familiar with. I've de- There's definitely a poster I've got here with a butt on it. I see one where like the veil is Scarlett Johansson, but it's not really a butt, but there's more body to her. This doesn't appear to be an actual poster, but there's one. I, that's not even Hugh Jackman. I don't know who that is. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. But this one is this one's very butt-centric. Did you get that? Uh, On Skype? Yeah. Hang on. I'll do it again. Skype sucks. Skype does suck. This is the worst program. This one's very butt-centric, but it's not Hugh Jackman. I don't sure know what it is. this is. Is it? It's very young Hugh Jackman. It is a very young And a very Hugh. young Christian Bale. That could be butt. It could be not butt. It's definitely butt. <laughs> <laughs> like the the curve here yeah. would suggest also, that Scarlett Johansson is represented so large on the on the 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 flyer the poster because she's like the connecting factor there. All the women are except Sarah. So no, because the first one's not. She doesn't matter at all. She gets killed by Borden. She's the catalyst. No, she does not. She does not get killed by Borden. She dies as the mistake that her and Borden made together. Yeah, she did agree to it. She agreed she to it. Was she like, was like, I can slip the length for double. They're just they're they're testing themselves and it failed and robert angier holds this grudge when i i get it like his wife died because of this thing but like he should not hold this grudge he also does move on and hooks up with scarlett johansson and so does he <laughs> that's the problem is <laughs> and I, I this that's the one sticking point in this movie for me is that like scarlett johansson what's her name wenscombe olivia wenscombe yeah he Andrew sends her to go spy on Borden, and she's immediately like, nope. Fortnite. That, falling in love with this guy. Yeah, I like him better. Like him better immediately. And I'm like, you suck. Don't do that. Don't do a man's like that. You're, you're here for a job. I love movies about magic. I love the Now You See Me movies. They combine everything I like about heists with everything I like about magic. I acknowledge they're not that good. I still love them. Yeah. If you think these, this movie like does cuts and has a hard time suspending your disbelief that they're doing the tricks, uh, there's a whole character now you see me that can just like touch you and you're hypnotized. They also do real magic in that movie. <laughs> That's the whole plot like, of the second one is that Mark Ruffalo is actually magic. <laughs> You know what I love about the second one of those is that Dan Radcliffe, Daniel Harry Radcliffe is in Potter, it for no reason. <laughs> Is like a side villain. He's like Voldemort. Voldemort is not a side villain. No, but Daniel Radcliffe is playing a villain in a movie about magic. Yeah. You know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. They're making a third one. It's going to be terrible. I will still go see it. I'll still see it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the real thing. Because, honestly... I have AMCA list, so there's no reason for me to ever not go to the movies. I know, I really want to see that new Tarantino movie. It looks really good, and I still haven't seen it, but I would like to. But it is like three hours long, which is a big ask, but I did see Endgame more than once, so what is my excuse? Nothing. Yeah. John Negroni didn't like it. I was disappointed by that. It is, apparently, it makes fun of film critics. That's like the thing. Good. So. Good. Yeah, we are a terrible group of people, so... (laughs) 
I also don't particularly think we're representative of film critics. No, I don't think we are either. We are movie lovers. Did you know that the main character's initials spell Abra? Alfred Borden and Robert Angier. Yep, turns out. That seems like a stretch. I mean, they do. I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know that that was intentional. The real question, is this the best uh, Chris Nolan movie? So a lot of people think that this is on the low end of the Nolan spectrum. A lot of people think that. Uh, let's take a look at the Nolan catalog. It's not extensive. It is not. It is, uh, it is pretty short. Question is, did you need to go bigger? Right. What do you mean? So, like, the Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Inception, Interstellar, Man of, Man of Steel. Oh, we wrote the story. Uh, you gotta go to director. Yeah. That's a better way to do it. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk are big. I still... To this day, have not seen Dunkirk. Neither have I. But it is a war movie, which makes it big. I think what I really like about The Prestige is that it's not too big. It's, no, it's big. Not. It's it's world building. It's this like cool steampunk late nineteenth century London. I don't thing. really think it's steampunk. I think that's just what Victorian England looked like. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. But I liked watching it. I like late Victorian England from the perspective of stage performers. What? Like magicians. Oh, I didn't that put that together. I was thinking like <laughs> the stage, the fiddle. <laughs> you know how I hate comedians. <laughs> you know how I hate comedians. Uh, that sucks, man. The dove thing was cool. What dove thing? The dove, like oh. the, 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 the vanishing cage. I don't get how that trick works. What do you mean? That was a fast. That was a fast cut and uh, and an unclear prestige. What are you talking about? Where'd the dove go? What do you mean where'd the dove go? It's still there. It's in his hand. It's tied to him. Yeah, but why is it not like immediately in his hand? I think Michael Caine just grabbed it. Oh, he's being mysterious. Oh, what you Michael want Caine. is not impossible. It's just expensive. That wasn't Michael Caine. That was Nikola Tesla. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was reappropriating the quote for that purpose. Because the back yes. thing probably cost him some money. It did. Money probably he didn't not have as, at that point. Probably not as much as a cloning machine. No, correct. But he was already the great Danton at that point. The great Danton. What an awful name. What an awful name. What, what did Borden go by? The professor? The professor. Yeah. Also not great. Well, the professor was, according to this trivia on IMDb, I don't just know this, but the professor was apparently at least a common name for magicians of the time. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> but of course. Uh, the professor. <laughs> the professor. Uh, let's see. Can you stop? <laughs> Oh, there was another one. There was another 2006 movie about magic. Scoop. Scoop. I also just read that piece of trivia. Directed by Woody Allen. Mm. Well, what do you know? I've never heard of this. Also featuring Hugh Jackman and Scarlett Johansson. There are I no photos this of this movie. Hugh Jackman looks much younger in this movie. This he does. This is wild. When did, uh, when did that Hugh Jackman movie come out? Uh... Like Bridge to Terabithia, but not that at all. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Kate and Leopold. Ah, great movie. Obviously, you caught that reference. No, I did not, but a great <laughs> movie. You like Kate and Leopold? Yeah, movie smacks. 
I just feel like they sat down and they were like, let's make a movie about somebody in history. No, it's, and it's then, so funny. You think it's funny? Yeah. The guy that invented the elevator going through time? Yeah. What a weird thing. Oh, it's a great movie. And he's just, it's all anachronistic. He's a fish out of water. It's charming. He's, he meets Liev Schreiber. You thought Kate and Leopold was charming I did. I like that movie. I like Meg Ryan. I like Hugh Jackman. I used to, well, I used to like Hugh Jackman. I like Liev Schreiber. I like Breckin Meyer. Wait a minute. You don't like Hugh Jackman anymore? No. Over Hugh Jackman. Stop being in everything. There's more than one white dude that can sing. Get over it. What if he's in a movie where he doesn't sing? I still don't want him. I'm, I'm over him. He's not even in anything. He's touring right now. Don't care. Don't think he should be on Broadway. You were touring. Okay. I don't think Hugh Jackman should be on Broadway. I don't think he's on Broadway. He's touring the Hugh Jackman like Greatest Showman experience Oh, yeah. I don't right think he should now. be doing that either. <laughs> No, that's a weird thing for him but to But then promoting. he's going to be on Broadway in The Music Man. Oh, that's cool. I would like to see that. I would not. At all. Zero percent. I would spend $135. I would I would donate $135 to like any charitable cause of it, man. I didn't have to go anywhere near that. I would donate $135 to the Remove Hugh Jackman from Broadway Foundation. I do not believe I'm that is so, a foundation. I'm so over him. But you should start a foundation called Remove Hugh Jackman from Broadway where you don't do that at all. All right. It's not at all what your money goes towards. It goes towards like buying backpacks for inner city kids. But also, how sad is it that inner city means poverty? Like, but it's just inside it's raising, the city. It's doing good things for America and also raising the awareness that Hugh Jackman does not deserve to be on Broadway. <laughs> There is... That man can kind of sing. You know, here's my thing behind Hugh Jackman and Broadway. Everybody... Fortnite. Hated Les Mis. Everybody. Everybody except me hated the Les Mis movie. They were like, okay. Hugh Jackman sucked. Couldn't sing. What are we going to do? We're going to put him in every musical. <laughs> that wasn't even the first one, was it? What was the first one? I don't think there's a prequel to Les Mis. I just mean... <laughs> Kate and Leopold, of course. <laughs> Kate and Leopold, not a musical. Although, <laughs> although, you've nailed it, buddy. You've nailed it in the head because when you go to IMDb and search Kate and Leopold, you get more like this, you've got mail. I'll take I, Kate, I will take Kate and Leopold over, over, you've got mail, 10 out of 10 times. Let's, hold on. Let's look up you've got mail. 10 out of 10. Oh, let, let me go to Kate and Leopold because I'm on uh, Hugh Jackman. It almost certainly scored better, but probably still not a positive score. More like this. City of Angels. You've got mail. Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. There was a golden era of... Of Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan rom-coms? <laughs> of Tom Hanks falling in love with Meg Ryan the movie. If you gotta, if you gotta, like, if you gotta give me Tom Hanks movies from, like, the early to mid-90s and the late 80s, I'm not picking You've Got Mail or Sleepless in Seattle. I'm picking Toy Story. Eh, not a Tom Hanks movie. Turner and Hooch. I've taken Big. Big or Forrest Gump. The Terminal. Nah. You didn't like The Terminal? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Is it better good. than Kate and Leopold? Yes, it is better than Kate and Leopold. I would say pretty handily. What is The Terminal? Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Catherine, Tom Hanks, Catherine Zeta-Jones. What is it about? Okay, it occurs to me that Lost in Translation is in a whole other class of film. Because Lost, Lost in Translation, Translation is not really like a rom-com. It's not really even like a... It's, I mean, it's romantic. It's not particularly a com. Here like, are the related if films. You, if you whip that one up on the Greek tragedy scale, like, that's a tragedy. That's not a... That's not a, like... Here are the related films. The Virgin Suicides, which I've never heard of. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, which is 
dearly beloved, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. I also is, do not believe that you've seen Little Miss Sunshine. I've definitely seen Little Miss I Sunshine. The one you. kid takes a vow of silence, and then the first word he says is like Fortnite. After like years of trying to get into the okay. Navy, but he can't because okay. he's colorblind. I know Little Miss Sunshine, okay. Ethan. Okay, you've wow. never mentioned it. I can't it believe you think I never saw Little Miss Sunshine. You've never mentioned it before. Wow. Because it's not it that good, Ethan. It was way overrated. I agree. Way overrated. I agree. But it's wow. in that it's in that class of of like it's a, it's an easy dive into like off color cinema. Yes. You got your I Little Miss Sunshine, seen... you got your Juno, you've got your five hundred days of summer. All around seen that same all time. of these. Yep. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, I've not seen, uh, but I Royal know Royal Tenenbaums, sort of... Wes Anderson at his finest. Her, I have seen. Scarlett Johansson. There we go. I can see why this is related. Yep. Uh, Under the Skin, never heard of. And Moonrise Kingdom, which I have heard of. Also, Wes Anderson at his finest. Wes Anderson doesn't have a not finest. I just want to be very clear. What do you think of I Love Dogs? It was good. Very good. Very good. I watched it like three times in two days. was very exhausted with it. Uh, come the third third go round, but it's short, so we it stand. It is short. It's not my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but it's not my least favorite Wes Anderson movie. Do you have a least favorite? Um, yeah. Hang on. Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's the one. Mm, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox is my least favorite. I've not seen most of these, so one day we and I'm speaking into existence. One day we'll get John Green on this show to talk about Rushmore. Rushmore. Yeah, it's his favorite all-time movie. I've never seen it. It's very good. Is that the one with... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Anyway, um, Wes Anderson is another great director that we somehow have not covered a single Wes Anderson movie on this show yet. We did do a rabbit of I Love Dogs. We did do a rabbit of I Love Dogs. Who was in... We, we, hold on. Hold on. Which is not good enough, but it is something that mm, we did. That's John Cusack, not not uh, Tom Hanks. I was thinking we were back on Tom Hanks because I was thinking about Must Love Dogs, but that's John Cusack. Turner and Hooch. We're back Turner to Turner and Hooch. And, and, and this, Tom Hanks. This <laughs> month on Bacon and Eggs, we covered Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, rom-coms. Is Meg Ryan just, and Turner there and There might just be the two of them. Not sure. That's still uh, more than I feel is appropriate. I feel like you get one rom-com with, with uh, per actress. And actor combo. Meg Ryan is not in Turner and Hooch. No, but she is in When Harry Met Sally. Ah, uh, it's three. Which, what? That's three. No. Tom Hanks is in When Harry Met Sally. He is? Isn't he? No, Billy Crystal. Is it Billy Crystal? It's Billy Crystal. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Hmm. Meg Ryan really had a, 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 a thing there for a minute. <laughs> what, for like middle-aged looking white men? No, it's just like she played like one character. <laughs> You know what's crazy about Meg Ryan is that, like, where are they now? Um, not really doing much. Last film was Ithaca as Mrs. McCulley. Yeah, that's a thing. She hasn't been all that busy since Kate and Leopold. She was the voice actor for, like, she was the, uh, what is the dude's name? Bob Saget of How I Met Dad. Hmm, that is not what you think it is. No? No. I mean, it was written by Carter Bays and Greta er Gerwig. Gerwig. Was it? Yeah. Is this the, the How Much Your Mother thing? I don't know. I mean, it's the same font, but it's different. It's definitely different characters. There's just nobody world. in it. Yeah, none of these people are anybody. And it was a, yeah, I think it was a movie. It was a TV movie. Yeah. With uh, Nicholas DeGusto as Frank. So that tells you something. Uh, how I Met Your Dad lead actor was a male, which is fine, but I have a feeling... It was uh, a woman who played the mm. mom. I mixed up uh, Meg Ryan and Charlize Theron there for a second. 
Oh, I'm there every day. So I was thinking it was Meg Ryan that was in Young Adult. It's not. It's Charlize Theron. She was in City of Angels with Nick Cage. Young Adult's a great movie. You should watch it. It's uh, Jason I like Reitman. Movies. You've got Mail. Jason Reitman, another underrated director. Following up You've Got Mail was Hanging Up. This isn't a sequel or anything, but it's a movie about the phone, like a tethered phone. Well, it'd be like that sometimes. The poster for it's just terrible. Meg Ryan, Diane Keaton, and Lisa Kudrow, and Walter Mathau hanging up. Every family has a few hang-ups. Mathau. Mathau? Yeah, Mathau. All right. Are you on a... Okay, well, you will get there eventually. What? Are you are you unfamiliar with the body of work of Walter Mathau? Yes. Ah, you're missing out, buddy. This it's is not great. a name that I know. Ethan, I, th- I don't think you realize that you've seen every movie. I just think you should occasionally watch a movie that is old. Occasionally. I'm okay with that. Once or twice. I, I'm not opposed to it. But they don't just come on. They do if you look for... That's what I'm saying. Broaden your horizons a little bit. Narrow your horizons a little bit. Why? I don't know. Hanging up was Walter Matthau's last movie. Did you know that you're not going to win a horse race without tunnel vision? I'm not trying to win horse races. Don't you want to be Seabiscuit? Trying to watch good movies. No, I don't want to even want to watch Seabiscuit. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Carolina Crown? What's the name of the horse that won? What? Not Carolina Crown. That's Um, a drum corps. I know. What What was the horse that did it not too long ago? American Pharaoh? No, was it? Yeah. California Chrome lost. California Chrome. That's what the name was. Yeah. That's close enough. Yeah, California Chrome. Justify was the most recent one. But it had two riders, I think. There's been a... No, a, no one jockey, Mike Smith. It had two owners, many owners. Hold on, what? Uh, a horse won the Triple Crown more recently than America Yeah, 2018, Pharaoh? Justify. Did he really? Yeah. Okay, chill, buddy. Wow, I can't believe you don't know about Justify. The horse owned by none other than Walter Matthau. That's not true. Walter Matthau's dead. Well, I know, but I thought maybe you'd get something out of that. Oh, it's about Baffert horse. That makes sense. You should watch a horse race after 2015. I did. I just did you see the one happening. this year? It was awful. <laughs> what, the Derby? The Derby. The Derby this year was terrible. It was bad. <laughs> but you know what doesn't have anything to do with horse racing? The Prestige. The Prestige. Okay, so let's let's break it down. Okay, start me off. Are you watching closely? I am. You gotta watch this movie very, very closely, or it's gonna get away from you very quickly. I think that's why a lot of people don't like this movie. Yeah, this cannot be on while you're chopping celery in the kitchen. No, this is not like, uh, even even today I was trying to do something else while I was watching it, and I was like, mm, wait, no. Can't do that. I had to run, I to be looking I had to run it back twice in the first eight minutes, and then I was like, maybe I should just focus. I didn't like when uh, Angier buried the guy. What do you mean? It didn't see- He buries, uh, Borden, the assistant version of Borden. Buries him? Yeah, he, like, puts him in a coffin and buries him. And then meets Borden in the woods and is like, how do you do your trick? And he gives him the Tesla cipher and is like, he's like, where's, where's my man? And he's like, you better start digging. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that scene happened. Yeah, that scene in the movie is a little bit like, where are we in the timeline? Because there is a lot of timeline play here. There's a couple, yeah, there's a couple moments, um, where the timeline starts to get a little wonky, for sure. Um, that's a big issue in, in, in these early Nolan films. Memento has the same problem. 
is now where it's like how many times straight. do I have to watch the scene before you give me the whole scene, buddy? Oh, I know, right? So let me get this straight. At the end, Angier's dead. Borden's like in last, jail. Last Angier's dead. Borden is not in jail. Borden is dead. But the Borden who loved Sarah survives. Uh, yes. So he loses also, except for the daughter. Wait, is it the Borden that loves Sarah or is it the Borden that loves Olivia? I don't know. But Olivia lives, doesn't she? Or does she die too? Olivia lives, I think. But she leaves them. The Prestige. We're going to go to the Wikipedia plot summary here. The tragedy is that they both lose, right? The surviving so twin loved Sarah while his brother loved Olivia. Okay. And Sarah hung herself. Yeah. But he still has the girl, but he can't go see her because he's supposed to be dead. So they both lose. Right. He has the daughter, but he can't see her. And Olivia, the one who loved Olivia is dead. And Robert's dead. The last Robert is dead. The last Robert is dead. So they got so caught up in, you know, can I make this trick happen for some glory in my 20s and 30s that they uh, they thought nothing of legacy. No, Borden maybe takes the daughter. Legacy. Borden takes the daughter. I forgot about that. It's the last scene. Oh, you're right. He does show up Borden at the Borden takes end. the daughter and they, they you see the tanks full of dead Roberts. Yeah. So he gets something. Yeah. The simple trick is always better. Is that what we're supposed to take away here? Um... Yeah, you're supposed to take that away. You're supposed to take away just, like, let things be things. You should have let him have the trick. Yeah, you didn't need the vanishing man. Right. Stealing it was the wrong move. At what cost? Yeah, that's the thing. Is 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 at what cost to you? Because it was very simple for Borden. I mean, it wasn't easy. Again, he had to chop the fingers off, whatever. He had to live half a life. But, like, it was simple for him. Do you think you could be me 50% of the time? We don't look anything alike. <laughs> People would be like, Tyler, you look very different now. and honestly honestly today was the first time i truly clued in to, to the like i feel like you only love me half the time oh see I, i've been i've been catching that one for a while no i like it just like didn't i mean i got it like i got that there was two of them obviously but it like that just never occurred to me as a piece of foreshadowing because every time sarah was on screen i was like just stop you're not important do you think the daughter gets it yeah yeah you think she knows it's two the daughter knows which one's her dad and the the one that lives is her dad yeah, I think the daughter gets it. She never says a word, though, so. There's a cute kid. Yeah. Oh, I'm still on When Harry Met Sally. I was like, Carrie Fisher is not in The Prestige. I just don't even know how to talk about this movie. I am I, not, I don't have the words. Because, like, I'm not a professional film critic. I, 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 I don't know. I love this movie a lot. Yeah? It's a very so you good just got, you just got back from tour. Tell me more about that. What? You just got back from tour. How was tour? Tour was awesome, man. I want to do it again. It was very, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to go to Nashville. I heard you've never been to Nashville. I've never before. been to Nashville. I've been did all you the take other pictures places. in front of the things. Uh no, no pictures in front of murals. Aren't you a photographer? Yeah, I just didn't have an opportunity. Uh, That's the thing that sucks about tours. That like, you're in a city. Like, it's cool that you get to go to a city, but you're in a city for like. 24 hours maybe and like six hours of that is devoted to like being at and playing a show right and another six hours is dedicated to like not getting being there awake yeah oh getting there does that count well i mean you got to get there like that takes time right, but, out of a day well but i would have i would have thought you meant like once you got there you have 24 hours until you leave there well no that's what i'm saying is you never have 24 hours until you leave there because it takes time to get places Look like granted, we didn't have that long of a drive after Nashville, but like we had a, a pretty lengthy drive into Nashville, so that took up some of that day. So what do what do you do when you go on these tours? When you take these pictures, Ethan, I'm looking at all your pictures on Instagram at Edgehill Photos. Uh right, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh these are scenes that have never existed in my life. What do you like, mean? These are these are occurring in rooms that I thought only happened in movies. <laughs> what do you mean? 
like the pictures you take, the 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 way the lights are, the way the the people are, the the sweat, the punk rock, the whole <laughs> thing of it. Like I did not know was real. It's a real thing, yeah. That's what tours like, man. As you roll up, especially on like the level that we're doing it at, it's like you roll up to either some like sort of rinky dink music hall or like a definitely a, like a dive bar, right? Um. And, you know, sometimes there are a bunch of people there. Sometimes there are not a bunch of people there. Sometimes the local bands suck. Sometimes they're cool. Sometimes there are no local bands. Sometimes they don't show up. Sometimes promoters don't show up. It's just a, it's a wild thing. It's like, you know, you, you, you never know what you expect when you walk in. And that was definitely like, as a photographer this time, it's like, I had no idea what I was getting into with like the rooms or the lighting or like anything. It's like we played at a pizza place the second night and like the whole back wall behind the stage was just a big like metallic mirrored aluminum wall. What do you do with something like it's that? It's just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would but use like, the... I, I don't understand. Like, are, are people eating dinner in these establishments that are lit this way? That are, like, no. lit by candlelight from 1930? <laughs> They're not lit by candlelight. I don't think they are. I've seen a lot of these photos. They're lit by stage lights. Are, is that what that is? Yeah. So the here's bar... the... Here's, okay. Here's my, um, my cross to bear with this photography thing. Colors that look good on people in real life in lighting situations. Like green looks really cool. Red looks really cool. Purple looks really cool. You know what looks terrible in photos? Green, red, and purple. Do they? Yeah, they just like, they don't, like the camera does not capture red light very well or purple light very well. And so it's like you get these these pictures and it's just they're completely washed out in red. And that's like, that's what I have to do is, is capture some kind of image out of that. How many pictures did you take every day? A bunch. Not actually, not that, not that many. Um, like, like less than a hundred? No, but less than a thousand. Okay. Um, less and, than five hundred. I mean, by, by the time, yeah. Well, except for the last night, because the last night was crazy. But um, you know, by the time that I'd watch these people do the same set every day for nine days, it's like I knew when Pat Davis was gonna like smash his guitar on the ground. Like I Wait, was, so you... I was aware of what was going on in the set to the point where I was like, okay, I need to look at this guy now. I need to look at this guy now. People so are pretty predictable. Like a, just a feeling of like they, they typically do the exact same thing every single night. Not the exact same, but it's like you know, you know when a, like a big moment is in a song and who is going to capitalize on that moment. It's fascinating. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about being a photographer. Um, I learned a lot about how to work in really bad lighting conditions. I learned a lot about how to work in rooms that think that streamers is like a background. Yeah. Where where are you from where streamers are not a background? What are streamers to you? Well, I just like, we played like three places in consecutive nights that were like, this this stage is just completely covered in in like foil streamers. But met some really cool people, went some cool places. Uh, it was hot. <laughs> Straight up hot. It was, a, it was a warm trip. The whole time. Yeah, it's like, you know, we went uh, straight south out of Virginia into North Carolina, the world's hottest place, uh, and then into South Carolina, and then hot Atlanta. And then we moved off the coast, where it's just warmer. How does that work? Isn't it not humid over there? Uh, Yeah, if you keep going. How far do you need like, to go to get away from We went humidity? as far west as Nashville, which is on the river, which is still just like sticky hot. I think you need to get out to like the plains. I need plants soaking up the, the humidity out of the air. Oh, you just need a lack of humidity. This seems like impossible. It's always been humid, Ethan. Because you live on the East Coast. <laughs> what is a dry heat? I don't believe it. I, I have never experienced the dry heat thing. I the only the driest place I've ever been was Northern California, and that was cold. Like certified. Like that was the end of June, and it was like the the it would get up to sixty four during the day. <laughs> that seems like a wet place too. Like photos of that place look cloudy. It's cloudy, but it doesn't rain a whole lot. Weird. 
Yeah, when I was in San Francisco, they were like, this is our wettest year on record. We've gotten like six inches of precipitation the whole year. I was like, that's a Thursday. Yeah. That's a, Come that, to the American that's a, Southeast. That's a rainy Thursday. So I'm looking at these photos. How many Christmas lights do you deal with on a day-to-day basis? Uh, Not a ton. There's only like, I think, one picture I think I posted that had Christmas lights. Uh, well, that was the first one I clicked on. Was that the picture of me with the Christmas lights? No. Oh, what are you? T- what are you referring to? Which picture? There is this photo of a bass player in front of Christmas lights that are not on. Which there one? is this photo of a man drinking drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon in front of Christmas lights. Uh, that's that's Pat Davis. <laughs> okay, I don't know who Pat Davis is. Hey, we went to college with him. Okay, we went to college with four thousand nine hundred ninety eight other people, Ethan. <laughs> You know per Pat year. Davis. You know Pat Davis. It, from photos of this man, I do not know who this man is. Oh, he's a great guy. Uh, and these, I guess those these are pictures lights. of you and the rest of the band. I guess that's what I'm looking at. This picture at the end where you're like, yeah. we're number one. And everybody else is like, we're number one, but in a cool way. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a proud mom in this picture. <laughs> I was jazzed, man. It was a good night. There's nothing wrong with looking like a proud mom. I'm just telling you that's what you look I like. I don't do the I don't do the mean mug face very well. I don't mean mug, period. Nothing about me is mean. Somebody asked me my D character alignment today. I said lawful good. Well, okay. So Pat Davis is the bass player for Downhall. Uh and he's one of the most like electrifying and energetic stage performers I've ever met, even or ever, ever seen, even even in like when you compare to like national bands. The dude's going nuts every night. Really? Yeah, it's great. I got to watch him play for 10 days straight. It was awesome. It's just absolutely a pleasure to take take photos of. Ma- he made my job real easy. It's like, Pat, new cool shirt. Pat's like, okay. Do you like Pat better than you like me? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I don't. I'm allowed to make other friends. Are you saying he's a better bass player than me? He's absolutely a better bass player than you. <laughs> we'll see about that. He's the I'll first. He's a yo. He's a straight up the first dude in like the Virginia like pop punk scene that actually knows how to play the bass. Well, don't you just every other chord? bass player is like I do this because I could not find an, another thing to do. <laughs> Pat was I, like, I, I play the bass. <laughs> That band's wild. They're 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 three of them are seeing you guys, and their photographers are seeing you guy. Correct. That's me. It's a me, Ethanol. Is that how you'd introduce yourself? They'd be <laughs> Every like, time. Hey, yes. Hey, everybody, we're down hall. This is our photographer Ethan, and you'd be like, Hey, it's a me, Ethanol. Uh, no, I only got introduced by Gordon from Down Hall one night, and that was in uh, uh Cincinnati. Was that a special moment? No, it's just the thing that happened. There were two Ethans on that tour. Did you defeat the other one in a base no. off? No, he's a good dude. All right, we'll have to see the base off. I neither of us play bass. I mean, I could play the, the bass, but like I'm not a bass player. The bass, the bass Slap guitar, the bass. There's not enough bass guitars that look like basses. Yeah, because they're pronounced different. <laughs> I just feel like, but then then you solve all confusion. Somebody who's very new to music wouldn't be like, if they came up and they were like, could I see that bass? They would be like, you'd be like, oh yeah, absolutely. You want to see the bass bass? I think at this point, if somebody's like, hey, you play the bass, right? They're like, I mean, it's bass, <laughs> but yeah. It's like, you so, know which one they're talking about. <laughs> you're aware. You're not like, you're like bass. No. So you play the bass, huh? Nothing that looks like bass here. (laughs) You play the bass, huh? Actually, it's pronounced drum set. (laughs) It's pronounced drum set. (laughs) I I, I understand where you got confused, but it's pronounced drum set. Yeah. I did a 10-day tour as a photographer. It was a lot of fun. Can't wait to go back out.
When do you go back? Dunno. Are they inviting you again, or do you have to find another band to tower for? Uh, probably both. The, the okay. goal is both. The goal is to be the first guy on the list for many different bands. They would call you to be like, are you free for the next nine months? Yeah, nobody's going on a nine-month-long tour, homie. Uh, nobody? Nobody. Uh, nobody? If, like, Muse was like, Ethan, we're touring the next nine months, mate. I'm I mean, Muse. I would absolutely... If, if Matt Bellamy from Muse called me and said, hey, we want you to be our tour photographer, I wouldn't even, like... He wouldn't even be able to finish the sentence before I was on a plane. <laughs> He'd be like, our first show's in Roanoke. <laughs> I'd be, be like, like I'm, yeah. I'm flying to California. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get on a plane somewhere. <laughs> I literally don't even know where I'm flying. I think the only direct flight out of here is Chicago and Charlotte, so I'm not going to be that far. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, if Matt Bellamy from Muse is like, we want you to be our tour photographer. Would like, you yeah, respond okay. with like, I just want you to hold. What? You hear my arms, black hole Would you sing would you sing his own song to him on the phone? That's what I want to know. Probably not. Would you be like <laughs> Would you be like when I was 12 I heard Starlight and it changed my life? Uh no, I'd probably be like, "Hey, that time I saw you in concert was rad." So you wouldn't mention Starlight on the phone. Not in the first call. That's not even the first Muse song I thought of. Uh Starlight is the only Muse song I think of. Uh Supermassive Black Hole. Nah. Knights of Cydonia. I know these are other Muse songs. They're just not the ones I think about all the time. They did a cover of um, Feeling Good. It was wild. For the movie Seven Pounds. Is that about a baby? No. Ethan, I have exciting news. No. As of November 1st, 2018, Muse is looking for an official fan photographer. What? <laughs> Muse and 30 Seconds to Mars on their tour that ended. No, it's not ended. You can go to Oslo. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars already found somebody. His name is Matty Vogel. Do you know? No. Is he a good photographer? He doesn't suck at taking pictures of Jared Leto. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. He's I'll got, tell you. He, that man has got Jared Leto figured out. Okay, Danny North is is the Muse official photographer. Uh, based on this photo on the Google link, I've seen pictures of Pat Davis that are better than this picture. You can't even see the face of any of these people. Who? In Danny fact, this North? Person on the left, this person on the left looks like an old lady playing the drum, playing the bass. Danny North photo. I'm trying to get I don't to think this is the guy. <laughs> if this Someone's is the guy. Me, I don't think this is, it might be the guy. But the Danny North's first photo is of a fisherman. No, this is... Muse photographer, muse.mu slash gallery slash photographer dash Danny dash north dash 297821. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's not an incredible photo. That's an old lady on the left. I don't think playing, it is. Playing the bass. But I'll tell you, I uh, Danny North, if it's the same Danny North that I'm looking at on Instagram, is a very good photographer. There's I just a lot feel of, like you There's a lot of story in these photos. There's a lot of character. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Matty Vogel, the guy on tour with 30 Seconds to Mars, has, like I said, he's figured out Jared Leto, which I think is a hard nut to crack. Oh, Hans Bieter van Veldhoven. Not only is that the name of a Disney villain, but this is the current tour photographer, and this guy is a much better photographer than you. Yeah, I mean when you're I, on when you're on tour with a band like Muse, like you don't you don't just get that job. <laughs> they don't just call their friend from college. Yeah. This guy can take one heck of a photo. Let me see. Wow. These are some good photographs. 
And he's just pumping these bad boys out daily. Well, that's his job. <laughs> these are amazing. What are they touring with? Giant skull with a robot head? Yeah. Welcome that, to the that's art the discussion. Thing is, like, I could, if I got to tour with a band that had a giant skull with a robot head and enormous stages and a light show and robots and a marching band, like I could get some interesting photographs. There is a marching band. Like, I don't know what to tell you, Ethan. These are some good looking pictures. They are. They're great. I, I would love an opportunity to get to shoot an event like that. That like is is a production already. Like, I'm not trying to discredit, uh, what is this dude's name? Hans Peter Van Veldhoven. I'm not trying to discredit him at all, but, like, this band is doing a lot of the work for him. <laughs> They're making it easy for him, for They're making sure. it real easy for him. It's like the dude that just went out with a Data Remember. Like, uh, his name is Danny DeRusso. He's actually out with Boston Manor, but he got to do Data Remember a couple times on that tour, and it's like, a Data Remember just makes it easy. They're, they're just cool. They're just cool-looking people. Right. They're playing really well-lit stages every night, and they're cool-looking people. You don't drove me crazy growing up. Cool-looking people. Yeah? How come they get to look cool? Um, like, when I was 15, there was kids in class that had, like, established beards. I'm not talking, like, Joe Stubble. I'm talking, like, a beard. Yeah. What the heck, guys? I don't know. Let's get back to the prestige. All right. What do you got for me? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this movie. We did the same thing with Kingsman, where it's just like we got in here like, I just want favorite movies. I love it so much. What what movies have come along in your life that you feel like, like when I saw The Prestige, it was undoubtedly like, yeah, this is my favorite movie ever. And that that held from like 2006 to 2015. Like people would ask, what's your favorite movie? And I would be, I was so excited because I had a woke answer. It wasn't like, oh, my favorite po movie is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Like, I had a cool answer that was a movie that not everybody had seen, but enough people had seen that it was like, oh my gosh, I've heard of that. Such a good movie. But yeah. it also wasn't like my favorite movie's Jaws, which totally acceptable favorite film. It just, it hit the right niche where it was like, this is cool enough to be your favorite movie. Well, and it was even a case of like, there were movies that just eventually started hitting different. It's like, there was a long time where I would have been like, yeah, I like this movie better than Dead Poets Society. And at this point I'm like, mm, no, nah, I like Dead Poets better. Yeah, I do like Dead Poets better. I like Dead Poets better. <laughs> I, I think for a long time in a young man's life, Mindbender is a genre. Like this is why, you know, Fight Club is a, is a... A dorm poster movie. Well, I mean, I still love Fight Club. I still love Christopher Nolan movies. Like, I think that the unseating of this movie, and it's not even that I think that Interstellar, that I like Interstellar better, but I think the unseating of this movie for me was when I saw Interstellar and I was like, okay, he could do it again. Like, this isn't Batman. This is just another Christopher Nolan movie. Right. Because I love Inception, but Inception does not hold up this way. I did not think... I remember seeing Inception and being like, yeah, that was uh, that was a movie. Inception's a mess, straight up. It's I, it I watched it mess. not very long ago. It's a mess. Like, it's a very good movie, but it's just got a lot. Not wrong with it, but a lot that, like, isn't perfect. Right. But I like Memento, too. I also really like Memento. And that was the thing is I dove more into the Nolan catalog. And, like, I love Memento, but Memento also doesn't hit on that level. No, it doesn't. But, uh... Guy Pierce, I would though, say, great performance. I love Guy Pierce. I also love straight Memento... Up, though, uh, Inception is a weak DiCaprio. Leo kind of phoned that one in, with the exception of the times where he's just like, Mall! just screaming at his dead wife. Those are some heady moments. For the most part, it's just like he's too, I don't know, he's too in, like, he's too DiCaprio. When you mentioned DiCaprio and you mentioned specifically opinions you and I have on DiCaprio, 
I cannot help but think of the time that we walked into fraternity chapter meeting. Like, we just saw The Great Gatsby. That's going to win an Oscar. Best performance. I, I still DiCaprio. think it should have won an Oscar. I still think it was a very good movie. I do, too. We walked in and we were like, yep, that was the movie. And one of our fraternity brothers was like, oh, you mean he's going to win for Wolf of Wall Street? And we were like, I've never even heard of that. But obviously not. Those are different obviously, years. No, it was the same year. It was the same uh, Oscar year. It wasn't. It was Wolf of Wall Street that that our fraternity brothers said. No, you're misremembering this. 2013, 2013, Great Gatsby and Wolf of Wall Street. I don't think so. I'm looking at it right now. There's no way they were the same Oscar year. Yeah, Gatsby came out in May, so we would have been in chapter in the spring. And then Wolf of Wall Street came mm-hmm. out in December. It came out on Christmas. Why so would they the release those two year. movies in the same Oscar year? I don't that's know. That's stupid. That's really stupid. But they were, so I'm not misremembering. Okay, well, chill, buddy. I'm not, I, I'm just, I just remember that moment and being like... I don't remember that moment, so congratulations. I'm just sharing the moment with, with dear old listener here that I was so proud of DiCaprio for Gatsby. And then I'm still Wolf proud of DiCaprio for out. Gatsby. I'm still proud of DiCaprio for Wolf of Wall Street. Although I think that my time watching Wolf of Wall Street is over. You think when you watch it now, I, I you're just like have, this? I have no desire to watch that movie at all. Really? Yeah. I really like that movie. That's a dorm poster movie, dog. That is a dorm poster movie. That's like, that is like sex, drugs, and money. (laughs) It's a new era of the dorm poster. Right. Like, that is... If you are a rising freshman in college, please tell me what the dorm posters are now. The men at your school, what movies are on their walls? I don't even think I want to know. (laughs) Not the dudes that have Doctor Who posters. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't even think I want to know. I had a Doctor Who poster every year of college. Um, but that was that was a cool poster though. I know, and I got it in London. The exploding TARDIS thing that was really yeah. cool. Like that's that's a poster. I would like that's a work of art. It is. Yeah, I would I would hang it in here, but I don't have enough space anywhere. Fair. Um. Yeah. No. This this movie just filled a, a gap for me for a long time. There was a long time where I would have said it was my favorite movie, and now I hate that question. Oh, I know, right? I what hate, do you mean favorite movie? I hate that question because there is no longer a good answer. Right. Especially the more yeah, the more I get into like talking about movies all the time, the more I think about movies that I love. And it's like somebody was today was like, "I oh, you should review the Sandlot," and I was like, "I could think of." 14 baseball movies I'd rather watch than The Sandlot. I don't. I like sports movies. I don't know that I like baseball movies. Baseball movies are the best sports movies, with the exception of Remember the Titans. I like Remember the Titans. I like Rudy. I I like Friday Night Lights. I like Radio. I like Gridiron Gang. I like The Longest Yard. You just mentioned football movies. Yeah, I like football movies. Hmm. Baseball movies are better than football movies. Uh, Even though I like football better, baseball movies are better than football movies 9 out of 10 times. How bad, as a human being, how bad do you wish you liked baseball the way the previous generation likes baseball? I'm I'm starting to feel it, though, is the thing. (laughs) Like, I'm starting to get it. I haven't, okay, granted, I have not watched a baseball game either with my eyes in person or on television since the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. I watched the literally the last game of the World Series. I have not watched a game of baseball since then, but I sit around every day and I'm like, I should watch baseball. I so I haven't, quite, a, I haven't quite gotten to the point where I'm going to turn on the TV and be like, ah, the White Sox are on. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're not a White but Sox fan. No, but it's just, that's the thing is once the, so I did this with, uh, it was right when I got into hockey, like when I first got into hockey. Um, my parents got me the NHL center ice thing, like the yeah. TV package. So it's yep, like, yep. 
If there was nothing on TV, it's like, I would just, this was in high school, I would just finish my homework, I would watch, like, the Minnesota Wild at the Dallas Stars, just because it was odd. That is insane to me. I know that that sounds insane to me, but I know that in college, when we first really got, when I first really got into football. Oh, yeah, we watched one, one game per block all day. Every Sunday. Every Saturday and Sunday. Oh, like God, that was one year. A, that was only one year, dude. We could only do that for one year. The college thing. If we thing, didn't have a home football game in college, we would watch college football By the end of the day of watching college football, I never wanted to hear another <laughs> trumpet ever again. <laughs> or if you had like a, if you were a poor, unfortunate soul to get a home Texas A&M game on the television and they're doing the cowbell thing the whole game. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I could, we could put together an entire, and I said this earlier, we could put together an entire year of Bacon and Eggs does sports movies. And I don't even think, I don't even think we'd have to dig out of the catalog of sports movies that I like. So this is something, speaking of sports that I do want to bring up, we are doing three Bacon and Eggs sponsored fantasy football leagues this year with prizes for the winners. Uh, the league you enter is based on your your Patreon pledge. So the the higher your monthly pledge, the better your potential prize would be. Uh, but I'm thinking about doing some boco of like weekly commentary on the three leagues that we have. We can do that because we do need I some boco. We do need boco, which is bonus content. Hash browns, I believe, is the official yeah, the term hash for browns. It. Uh, because I I love 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 football so much. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I'm very excited for football season. <laughs> I have Virginia Tech season tickets. The, there's going to be NFL games. There's going to be a lot of NFL games. Yeah. It's going to be a full, a good year. I just love football. I, I like, I hate a lot of the things about football that everybody hates about football. Like I hate the politics around it. I hate the, you know, concussions thing and the kick return thing and the, the, the toxic fandoms, but there's also good fans. You're part of the toxic fandoms, hate. though. I'm not part of the toxic fandoms. You're a Redskins fandoms. fan. How one of the worst fan bases fan? in the league. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, the Eagles and the Cowboys have the worst fan bases in the league. Agreed. The NFC East sucks balls. We should eliminate it entirely. <laughs> We should get rid DC of DC sports fans are a whole different breed of people. DC sports fans are very happy to go to a football game and golf clap. Okay. It's quiet. It is, <laughs> it is quiet. a quiet stadium. You can't go it's to like, a tech game on Saturday the, and then a Redskins game on Sunday. Yeah, you go to a tech game on Saturday, you need earplugs. Right. And then you go to the, this, this how is the Redskins game. It's like, woo, touchdown, hail to the Redskins, the Redskins hail victory. victory. And they're just like, turn down for what? <laughs> as loud as the as loud as the speakers go, they just blasting music. Which uh, did you go to it? You went to the did you go to the Boston College game with us? Is that the one you went to? Yes, I don't remember who played. If I'm honest with you, was there was there was Boston one College. was there one that they I don't remember. Was, we we you and I I want to say met Chris at the tailgate, but sat with Ben and Jonathan is my memory. Or that was, was that with Emily? That was the um that was the Thursday night. That was Georgia Tech. Okay. That's the one I most remember. So you were not at <laughs> there was But I went to like three games last year, so I don't know. There was a Boston College game last year where Virginia Tech was getting beat like forty two to seven by Boston College. <laughs> and like Listen, when mo- Tech loses, Tech loses. <laughs> most of the people had left and they were just still playing the stadium jams. It's like everybody's sitting down, everybody's chilling and the PA is just like, stand up and shout! <laughs> Everybody's just like, uh... Key play. No, yeah, keep... <laughs> jingle, jingle, jingle. That's what I, one of the things I don't love about football is how easily the audience is swayed. And that's one of the things I love about soccer is that, like, when you watch a Real Madrid game, it doesn't matter if Real Madrid is losing, like, four to nothing. It is 
packed and loud. Well, and the thing behind soccer, especially during like the World Cup and whatever, um, with the exception of when our women play, uh, the other team's never really out of it. Right. <laughs> it's like you can be down in football. If you're down 35 points, you're not coming back. <laughs> right. The game is over. The game's over. But like in we soccer, just if you're down a goal, through- that could change immediately. Right. Oh, I, I recently followed the uh, U.S. Women's National Team and the U.S. Women's National League. I don't know what it's called. The uh, National, National Women's National Soccer League, NWSL. NWSL, as well as a few of the players on the national team, the North Carolina Courage and the Washington Spirit on Instagram. Listen, I've been a sports fan for a long time, and I've I've been the guy who does not appreciate women's sports. I've I've been him in the past. The highlights from these Instagram accounts are some of the best soccer I've ever oh, seen in sure. my entire life. We knew that in it high is... school, man. Even even in high school, the guys were like, man, the girls team plays hard. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're out there killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. B- Bacon and Eggs will be doing a meetup. We still need to figure out the logistics on it. Bacon and Eggs will be doing a meetup, I believe, at a DC or a Washington Spirit game in 2020. I believe that is correct. I believe that's the plan. It may be an NC Courage game. We're not sure. We are going to, I think, be season ticket holders for the NC Courage. It's three hours away. It's two and a half hours away. Whatever. It's five hours to DC. I know, but we have lodging there. You have lodging there. So do you. It's still five out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I do want a jersey or a kit or whatever you call it. Oh in yeah, soccer. we're gonna get we're gonna get bacon and eggs jerseys. How much would it cost for like a genuine sponsorship? More than we have. More well, I would imagine. More than we have. But we'll be season ticket holders somewhere. We're gonna support. We're gonna do the thing. We're gonna do a meetup at probably a Washington Spirit game if there's a game surrounding the inevitable uh Super Carlin Brothers 2020 DC meetup. If not, then we'll figure something else out. But we will do be doing a meetup at an NWSL game. Correct. Additionally, if you listen to Bacon and Exit at an NWSL game and post a picture on Instagram of you listening to Bacon and Exit at an NWSL game, I will probably send you at least a sticker without even asking ethan but maybe up to a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt also pay attention to the game (laughs) don't don't listen to a podcast at a sporting event (laughs) (laughs) but like if you have it on i would say it's okay all i really want is like a picture of you holding your iphone with the game with like our show on but the game on in the background of the photo and then turn around and watch the game. Don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Or we'll tell people around you. We'll be figure like, it out. We can, we can live commentate before the game ever happens. We just have our own like track of commentary that you just press play when the game starts. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Rapino. Shoot. She scores. I know, and I could have kept going. Could you have? Yeah. Okay. So a few years ago, this really grinded my gears, really toothpasted my orange juice. Uh, a few years ago, there was like challenges going around the internet, like longest note challenges. Yeah. And this was right when I was like a smart ass, but also super into my music education. Ethan, let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm about to uh, sing a tone for not too long, but long enough for you to get what I'm going for here. Uh... Is that one note, Ethan? No. Okay. Thank you. That's the whole joke. That's all I've got. Neat. <laughs> what a wonderful discussion we've had this evening on The Prestige. Why do we do this every time we pick one of our favorite movies? <laughs> Because, Ethan, our show, we really should just watch the movies people suggest. Like, next week on Bacon and Eggs, Descendants 3. Oh my god, you're the only one saying it. 
<laughs> we don't cover made for TV movies here on Bacon and Eggs. Full stop. Not doing it. No, we're not doing Disney Channel original movies. But we will review something else next week, and I don't know what. Yeah, me either. But I will come next probably Tuesday. Actually, I will definitely know by next Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Well, we got 15 minutes left. This is when we usually start to wrap. Is it? Yeah. Seems early. This well, so what are your, what I... what are, bring it back around. What are your final thoughts? How does this movie make you feel? How does it make me feel? The movie. What the are your Chris favorite Nolan? parts of this movie? Like, what's what's one scene that just really does it for you? All of it. I'm going to need a better honestly, answer than that. I think I think about the opening scene where Michael Caine goes over a three-act structure to oh, suspenseful yeah. entertainment. Just phenomenal storytelling right there. Every single day. The I think about that. Anytime I read a story, I think, okay, what is the, I don't even know what it is now, the show, the tell and prestige, turn, show, turn, the, prestige. The pledge, the turn, and the prestige. Pledge, turn, and prestige. That's what it is. But I think about those three things in everything that I watch or read or consume. Well, yeah, it's just your, yeah, your three-act structure. Right. It's like every movie ever. Establish something, make it do something interesting. Close it. Bring it back. Yeah. Right. Resolve it. Man goes somewhere and he comes back, it's a comedy. Man goes somewhere and he doesn't come back, it's a tragedy. Yes. You're so wise. I would say more often than sometimes. Me? Yeah. Nah. Oh, I just meant, are you a vowel? You're many wise. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Tune in next week on Bacon and Eggs when I have a new co-host. <laughs> I had fun today. I love this podcast. I love, I love this doing podcast. this podcast. We didn't record the podcast last week because we did two episodes in a row because Ethan was going to be on tour. And I might not be here next week because I might have a child come next week and I'm going to take some time off. Yeah, God uh, only but knows. But I love, I, I mean, I have a feeling I won't be gone for long, but I love this podcast. Me too. I was super excited to record both yesterday and today. Yes. I love sitting down. I love meeting guests. I love working with you. I love just talking about movies. I love love interacting with the fan base the yokels i love interacting with the discord and i just want to give a shout out to several people from our discord right now um freaking uh rachel and katrina that have been doing their not not the spinoff podcast but like what i would call a sister podcast because they they came up with the idea from us and they've been doing it for a whole goddamn year let me tell you, doing a podcast for a year doing when it's something you love is not it's simple but not easy yeah it's simple. It's the, it's the board thing. It's a procedure. It's like this This show sort of happens at this point by muscle memory. Right. And sometimes we need to break that. And you will see come this Sunday how well we can break it. Yeah. But it's uh, like they've been doing their podcast and they're 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 kids. I mean, they are young. 15, I, when I was their age, I could 16, not put something 17. together. Yeah. When I was their age, I could not put something together every single week for an entire year. Are you kidding me? I didn't even I do I couldn't homework. do my homework. Yeah. I couldn't do homework. <laughs> So shout out Perspective Z. They just celebrated their one year anniversary today as we're recording 8-5-2019. So on Thursday, it'll have been a year and four days. Uh, give them all the love in the world. Uh, go listen to their not, show. It's just not, awesome. And not only did they launch a Patreon, uh, but they also we, we have also pledged the max amount on their Patreon. Uh, which I'm very excited about and proud to do. Uh, they launched their own Patreon with their own Discord server. It's just a great show and you should listen to it. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you one thing. We we uh, it's already recorded, but we dove into the world of amateur media production this weekend uh, in 
in the sense of reading fan fiction and appreciating the amateur version of something is what podcasting is all about, right? Because we're right. not like radio DJs. We can like afford nice microphones because we're grownups, right? With like proper jobs, but we are untrained. And I like to think like the more we do like the read the fan fiction thing and the more we do the listen to Perspective Z and guests of Perspective Z and, and just projects like that. We work with a lot of amateur podcasters because we also are amateur podcasters the more i appreciate people getting out there and just doing it right because we got out there and did it they got out there and did and it iron man the episode was bad iron man the episode was bad and shout out to yo shout out to mary clay Watt from that's what i'm talking about who put out a better first episode than we did she did not only in terms of downloads which she did destroy us uh, on her launch day. Uh, but it, like her show's just hilarious. Her show's better than Bacon and Eggs was to begin with. So if you haven't listened to, that's what I'm talking about, from the Bacon and Eggs Network, please go do that right now. It's a great show. It's hilarious. I, you know, I have my own hands in it because it's obviously something we've created together. But like, man, it's a good show. It's just a good show. You will enjoy it. You will certainly enjoy it or else. Anyway, our question of the day is what other podcasts do you listen to? Let us know in the Facebook group uh, in the link. This is what we do every week. We we prompt a question of the week. Totally. I'm sure. We've done this before. Uh, totally. Where does the prestige go on the big board? Question for you. Is it better than us? Yeah. No okay. shirt. Not us, you and I. Us, the movie. Yeah, I know. No shirt. I'm, I'm saying okay. it's better than us. Better than Captain Marvel. Yeah. Better than Moonlight. Yeah. Better than Jurassic Park. Where do you land on that? Jurassic Park is so good. It's so dude. good. I don't know that there's like a movie better than Jurassic Park. I know we have things here ranked, but like. I I, I don't either. Like, that's the thing. Jurassic, Jurassic Park is absolutely perfect. It is undeniably just cinematic perfection. Correct. It's a good story. It's thrilling. It's beautiful. It's Steven Spielberg. It's good acting. So is it better than The Dark Knight? Ah, uh, there's okay. I'll tell you straight up. There's not a movie on our list that I like better than The Prestige. On our two thousand, our, our year two list, there's not a movie I like better than The Prestige. Is there, are there, there movies? That, are there movies that are better? Probably, almost certainly. But I think I think sometimes we lose sight of what the list means. It's our ranking. But like, it's there's not, not like there's I think probably only one or two movies that we've done that I like better than The Prestige. I could say like oh I could name three easy, but I don't know that I could. Uh, I love the prestige. Very, I know that we very did much. Dead Poets, and I know that I made the hard stance that Dead Poets is above this on my top ten all time list. But that's not this year. I really like Jaws. <laughs> that's also not this year. I know, but I really like Jaws. I also really like uh, A New Hope, which we ranked pretty low. Uh, and the oh, Force there's Awakens. not a Star Wars movie I like better than this movie. <laughs> Straight up, <laughs> I know that you can probably you can disagree all day long, and I know you will, and I love you for it. But there's not. I love Star Wars. There's not a Star Wars movie I like better than this. Is it better than Avengers Endgame? Objectively, uh, probably not. Do I like it better than Avengers Endgame? Yeah, I do. Straight up. I do. Right. I like it better than well, Avengers Endgame. Well, then it Endgame. is our new number one. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. And that's not like, that's not coming from me trying to like put a woke movie above Avengers Endgame at all. Like that has nothing to do with it. I love Avengers Endgame. I can already read the comments. Ethan, why are you so lukewarm on Avengers Endgame? I can already <laughs> hear it because anytime I say anything, even like, I could be like, oh man, this is my second favorite Marvel movie. They're like, why you hate Black Panther? <laughs> Every time the fan base comes from my neck. <laughs> 
love Avengers Endgame, absolutely love it. But like, there's <laughs> this this in the same way that Transformer th- this podcast would not exist without Transformers. This podcast would not exist without the Prestige. Correct. Like that is, it is weird that those are both on our list on very opposite. Yeah, ends because of the, the tra- Transformers is a total and complete trash pile. <laughs> It is not good. It's not good. It's unwatchable. <laughs> it is. It is very bad. You know what movie is great? That that it, it doesn't. It's not perfect by any means. But the, you know what movie I love dearly that I was watching what? before we started wa- recording this? Hail Caesar. Oh, what a good film! That's a woke movie. You could say that's my favorite movie. Yeah, but I can't because it makes no sense. <laughs> if you met a freshman in college who said that, would you punch him in the face right then and there? Absolutely. <laughs> Because I love that movie, man. I really do. But it makes no sense. It does Don't not have you a plot. 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it does not have a plot. And I get that, like, it's just playing on all those movies, the big, like, you know, oh, it's a picture show movies that, like, didn't make any sense. But it still doesn't make any sense in 2018 or 2016 or whatever it came out. But it was Josh so Brolin, good. perfect in that movie. I loved Hail Caesar. I did, too. I watched, like, half of it before we started recording, and I almost straight up missed the recording time. <laughs> I know. I, it was like eight o'clock. I was like, oh, "Usually, Ethan calls me at seven fifty-five." Nope. I just logged on at seven fifty-eight because I was watching Hail Caesar. Anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, you can find us all over the internet at Bacon and Eggs Pod or Bacon and Eggs dot Media or all over the, the place. Breakfast just, food. Oh, the breakfast food. God, it's a double yolk egg. Yeah, I'm cool with that. It is a rarity. It is fantastic. And it's that feeling when you crack the egg open, you're like, oh, there's two yolks in here. Oh my gosh, look at me. I'm so lucky. Look at all this extra protein. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, we're all over the internet at Bacon and Eggs Pod or Bacon and Eggs Media. And you can find us just about everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and join our Discord server where you can talk to us, the host of this show. You can talk to Mary Clay Watt, the host of That's What I'm talking about talking about you can talk to a lot of people that have other podcasts because we are a breeding ground for podcasts we really are i i really loved uh we we sort of spoke into existence uh i mean i, I don't want to take all the credit for all these people's amazing creative ideas because it's definitely not our credit to take uh but a lot of people in our community have really started pushing their creative ideals and hitting the upload button uh and i like to think that we had at least a, some small part in that yeah, I was talking about this on Twitter, but it's just, like, shocking the amount of times that people have said, like, I met one of my best friends in the Bacon and Eggs Discord server. Sincerely Us Pod. Sincerely Us Pod. Having some troubles getting their episodes out right now. We're working through it. By we, I mean they, and by some extension me who's helping them out. But they're doing great. Their show's great. Perspective Z is great. There's, I'm sure there's one I'm missing. Everybody is, literally every week somebody's Hello like- Hello from elsewhere. We didn't have anything to do with that, though. No, we didn't. Unless no. we did, in which case, thank no, but you Casey, for letting love, us know. Love, 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 love Casey. That show is phenomenal. Correct. Casey Winters, one of the most interesting hosts to come on Bacon and Eggs ever, is the least interesting person on Hello from Elsewhere. Correct. That show is phenomenal. Uh, yes, it's very, There's a very picture good. of, if, hey, if you need a better reason to join the Bacon and Eggs Discord, there's a picture of a really cute kitten in this Discord right now. I do love cute kittens. Look at, go, go in Bacon Grease. Penguin got a kitten. It's so freaking cute. It's fluffy and orange. Oh. Look at that freaking kitten. And then look, there's a dog And there's Nanny. It. I do love Nanny. But she's been around. All right. I do need to know, because uh, I know he'll listen. Is it one, Bunois, or two, Bunois? Bunois. Benoit. I'm more confused. It's Benoit. 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 All right. Thank anyway, you for listening. 
to bacon and eggs. Yeah, thank you for listening to bacon and eggs. Um, I'm Ethan Edge. You can find me at Edge Hill Photos on Instagram or at Wow Now on Twitter. But the O's are zeros, not the O's in Twitter. The O's in Wow Now. You can find Tyler at America Carlin. It's America R L I N. And we have a lot of fun making the show. And I hope you have a lot of fun listening to this show. And I don't really have anything else to say because we said a bunch of stuff. Join the Patreon. You can find us at Teespring.com/slash bacon and sorry teespring.com slash store slash bacon dash and dash eggs you get all kinds of stuff including a beach towel stickers i just got a beach towel it's great it's teal it's awesome i don't know why you'd buy it in any other color tyler made other colors for it but he's dumb anyway next summer collection i've been ethan he's been tyler carlin until next week arrivederci are you watching closely